Alrighty, welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on... Hey, it's Faraj. I'm a digital strategist, artist manager, content creator in the works, um, etc. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. So, uh, yeah, I, I just ran into you when I was in Nashville for the Music mm-hmm. Business Association, and um, you were at the studio. Uh, K- that's Kadeem's studio, right? I don't know if he. I know he rents it out quite often. Okay. I don't know if he like has any like equity or ownership stake in it. Mm. But yeah, that's where it's, it is. Where we met. I believe you connected with my artist, Sun Person, and I was in the corner talking to who was I talking to that day? Is that I, dude from Dallas? Yes, um, him. I, I have no idea what his name is. I talked to him the whole time. I, I, <laughs> I didn't I, catch I, his name. You know what? I feel bad because I text him often too. Like, oh, really? I, I, I genuinely feel bad. I'm just terrible with names. Um, Are y'all all like in the same like company or group or something? Um, with us, no. He runs his own management company called Magnet House. Shout out to Magnet House. Um, but Darian. Darian, that was his name. That's his <laughs> not was his name. That is his name. I don't know why I just blanked on that. But he ran he runs a management company called Magnet House. Um, and they do artist management and I believe they're stepping into sports management and he has a few other ventures, something called Nomadics, which is I believe like data consultation or marketing strategy of that nature. You know, one of those kind of firms. But he does more so just like marketing mm. from my understanding, you know, my working relationship, that's what his ventures are in music. Um, but yeah, he was one of the first people in music that I spoke to, I guess, and got like guidance or advice from, if that makes sense, on a small scale. So how did Joe meet? He manages a friend of mine by the name of Tavis Trending. Tavis Trending is a photographer, artist, um, hip-hop artist, to be more specific. Well, let me not box him. I'm just an artist <laughs> in general. And so me and Tavis um, went to middle school together, and then now we're both in the music space. And then so... Um, I don't remember exactly how we connected. I believe he may have stumbled across my content one day and shot me a DM or I may have shot him a DM and then, you know, it just went from there. That's pretty cool. Like I love those, you know, interactions that people have. It's, I, I don't know if this is like just a new generation thing, but I definitely feel as if there's like a significant lack of ego amongst Mm. like people my age. Okay. At least I would hope so. I mean, everyone I interact with, there's no like me versus you or like i'm better like everyone's just you know we're willing to all work with each other connect to the best of our ability and go from there that's awesome because yeah. i feel like um maybe my parents like age group or whatever mm-hmm. they probably i think they feel like they had that how, so how old would that be they'd be like in the 60s okay okay so, so is that boomer I don't or, know. Is that, or is that Gen X one of those? Yeah. like I, I feel like they kind of had that because they had more of a So looking at this psychologically, Mm -hmm. I feel like they had more of a, what I call a famine type society where people felt like I've got to outdo everybody else and, you know, feed myself. But we we're in more of a feast. Yeah. Where it's like, there's, we've come to the realization there's plenty for everybody. There's no need for me to cut your neck to get what I need. That's interesting that they had a, that's very interesting that they had a famine type mindset, at least that you say that, because I feel like the sixties, through 80s was like the most booming the economy was being, like <laughs> yeah. ever they like lived in the greatest economy yeah. american economy at least but anyway yeah i mean i don't know i, I just i feel that way because i've seen yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no the, i can and i see that, that age too. group you know well even to this day with people in that age group and um 
excuse me for anyone in that age group listening but like just older people seem to be so like get it by your bootstraps and mm. pull yourself up and it's like because well, it's like they had to so they but, think everybody else should well you know <laughs> and I, I have a theory i'm not a historian or an economic historian by any means but i do kind of feel like it was a bit easier than when college was like a thousand dollars a month or a oh, semester yeah. and rent was significantly lower and the cost of living as a whole was not as high as it is now yeah but, I digress. Well, people also weren't making as much money, but still, like with inflation, the way it yeah, is. Yeah, it was like I, yeah. I imagine a dollar went a lot further. Yeah, than it does now. Absolutely. Like, a, I think like a five whole wing meal cost twenty dollars. <laughs> so, you know, if you like honey hot wings, it hurts your pockets a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were there, um, what what all did you get? done like you that came to the day, studio um yeah, yeah that day was a busy day so me and my artist sun person and d alexander we met my house i want to say closer to 8 a.m 9 a.m um around that time frame and then so the first thing we did we actually went to a studio outside of nashville about an hour out um really cool engineer we met up with him he gave us a lot of uh information and knowledge about uh sync licensing and just working with um companies as opposed to selling your music directly to an audience so mm. theoretically you know we would be selling music to like a disney or like a you know whatever the case may be nickelodeon you know things of those natures these conglomerates who are just looking to buy music at like wholesale value like that um so then after we left that the day where did we go uh, we had a meeting with a uh, booking company after that and then we went to the studio session where we met you at um studio session was just kind of we were just hanging out with some of the people over there um you know just chopping it up how it goes and then after that we had another studio session over with the um digilog shout out to the digilog uh um which was another just you know go through play your music there's some um decently high level executives over there really people just connecting the music industry as a whole just meeting people networking kind of situation and then uh right after that we went right into a interview um to end the night and then i think it's like 11 10 o'clock at this point grab dinner and then it's a three-hour mob back to memphis so mm. it was a it was an 8 a.m to 2 a.m day oh one man. Of those, it was a rough one <laughs> rough one so when you were starting out um your day like did everything go as planned or did y'all end up like doing some different stuff no i more or less went according to the plan um i will say we move somewhat militant and organize so like if we're saying this is x y and z and this is what we plan on doing more than likely that's how the day ends up going see i've noticed that like sometimes some of the best stuff can happen when it doesn't go to plan like you right know, you veer yeah, off yeah. And, and you veer off something yeah, crazy nothing happens. like that that day unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately those days do tend to be very fun too when you just pop into something yeah um but no nah, that that day, it was just because the day was so jam-packed with like we have to get this, 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 this done. So it was like, mm. we just had all these arrangements to attend to. So what are some things that, you know, you might go back to Nashville for? Uh, go back to Nashville for? Yeah. I know Nashville recently just had a music business conference week. I would love to go back to one of those, provided they come back in the next year. But I mean, just Nashville is a living city. So, I mean, there's always going to be shows there to attend to. There's always going to be networking opportunities there. There's studios there. Like, um, and I don't want to like, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but a lot of Memphis artists who, um, 
want to just get out of the city and you know have a quiet place to work where they're not you know more known or whatever they can just they just go to nashville for the weekend or two so situations like that may arise um i can't give you anything specific off the top of the mind where i'd be back in nashville soon but i'm sure something will pop up yeah nashville, one of those cities it, it's it's got a lot going and yeah. it depends on you know what you're really into because nashville kind of has a niche but it's getting so big and and broad that it's starting to get into the zone right. where it's like well anybody you know no matter what you do you can come here yeah and nashville's a young um what's the word a young professional city from my understanding of it like there's a lot of new migrants coming into the city because there's a lot of companies based out of there now mm. um especially like smaller well, especially music industry of course but just in general um i, I don't know where i saw it maybe some list somewhere on the internet my attention span is short but um there's a lot like that indicates that you know nashville is like one of the premier destinations for young professionals so there's a lot going on over there yeah um i was born in nashville but i never actually lived there so i can't tell you too much about it oh okay yeah i mean i'm i'm actually from like northern alabama mm -hmm. and uh, it's aniana it's uh close to gaston alabama knew neither of those locations <laughs> Have you, do you know who yellow wolf is or i do know or, yellow wolf i know Clever. of yellow wolf yeah uh they're from gazden alabama okay yeah interesting yeah but um anyway so being close i guess somewhat close to nashville a lot of the um activities and stuff people do up there are usually pretty repetitive mm -hmm. um have you seen any big changes in in, in cities like memphis or nashville and like this tennessee area um over well that's hard to say because i'm like 22 so like my reference point for memphis at least i mean i've been here since i was in kindergarten right so i can't say there's i'm sure there's been a lot there's actually no there's been a lot of development in the city of memphis and like just the energy around memphis for sure um i can't give like a super detailed take because i was like five years old so i don't remember the details <laughs> but like especially over the past four years just with the development of like you know um riverside and uh, a lot of the development around East Memphis and Orange Mound, there's a lot of change in the city, um, regardless of if you think it's positive or good or if it's, you know, impacting low-income neighborhoods, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's definitely a shift in the city, for sure. I'll, I'll say that. There's definitely a shift in, there's a lot of developmental things going on. Yeah, I'm definitely pro all that stuff because i love seeing a city actually use its space right like, so a lot of times you'll go a place and like it's like the city doesn't even know what to do with its own real estate and memphis is terribly planned for anyone who's not <laughs> from here or for anyone who's from it here is. i believe there's and i could be wrong on this um but i'm pretty sure like when the city planning was going on there wasn't like strict districting or like whatever the term may be for the civil engineers or whoever does city planning like from my understanding it's a bit unstructured like there's not tight districts how it is set up in like for example in nashville like you're gonna have all your residential areas here all your um you know food spots here like it's not set up like that like in memphis it's just kind of scatterbrained yeah. like the best example i can give you the university of memphis is like in the middle of a train track <laughs> in like in a residential neighborhood on a random street but I digress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when when cities figure that out, that's how you get that movement and that right. traction because people people want to come to you know the events mm -hmm. and you know what's going on, who's performing, all that kind of stuff. People want to come to the city if you have that stuff and it's nicely set up. But 
Memphis is kind of lacking. Then they want to complain about like why they don't have certain things. Well, you got to do something for yeah. it. Yeah, is Memphis a tourist city? Like when people <laughs> ask me about it, I'm always like, I mean, I like living here. Don't yeah. get it twisted. I'm a yeah. Memphian, but it's like. I, I don't know what I would tell someone who's visiting here to like necessarily do. Yeah, I, I say it is. Okay. But you know, you have to figure out what do you what are you into? You know, mm-hmm. what are you coming to Memphis for? I mean, you can go to we got a safari park in, in Jackson. Alamo. Or is it Jackson? Yeah, in Jackson. I mean, you can if you want to still consider that, you know, vacation to Memphis, but then we also have a really nice zoo here. Or that is you, true. That is like a top five zoo for yeah. me. Yeah. You can go to Overton Park or you can go to the clubs and bars, like, you know. What are you into? And Memphis has a little bit of everything, That's but, fair. you know, you not just, a lot of Right, that. right. Yeah. You just listed a lot of things that I do often, but I just, in my as like a resident here, I didn't take them to be attractions. To yeah, yeah. Because I go to them so often. It's so just, just a thing. It's just a thing. Right, 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 right. I didn't even, I, I stopped. I was like, yeah, the zoo is like nationally recognized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, I think I was listening to, uh, I don't know, maybe that or an article, but, um, they were talking about how great the zoo. I have yet to go to the zoo here. Really? Yeah. I, I haven't been putting it off. I just... Just haven't done it? it. Yeah, since it's yeah, right yeah, there, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can just go whenever, whenever I want to. But I hear I, it's like one of the best zoos. I have been going to that zoo since I was three or four years old. <laughs> and I mean like free ticket Tuesdays, like me and my mom would walk in just the zoo every Tuesday. You like, Really? I was there like for months on end every... And then, you know, it diminished over time, but the zoo is definitely like... A core piece of the city. Yeah. I feel. I, I would say the next, well, really, like the biggest thing about Memphis is the food. Like everybody wants it to talk about the barbecue. It is a great food city. So. Yeah, it is a great food city. Even outside of barbecue, I feel like Memphis just has good food. I think um, so. In a lot of regards. Um, there's a lot of small mom and pop businesses um, that are really good. But I'm not the biggest barbecue head. What's your favorite barbecue place? Because I'm not. <sighs> Honestly, I haven't had a lot of good ones. Um, I will say barbecue shop. Okay. That one's really good. And um Elwoods. Elwoods? Yeah. All right. That's that those are probably my favorite two so far. I'm kind of like I'm very anti red meat at the moment in my life. Okay. So I was like, barbecue's a hard sell when you're anti red meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But interesting. That's another thing I wish Memphis had was more like not not so much like vegetarian or anything, but, but like just diverse. Yeah, yeah more like more options like that. Right. There's not a lot. Of, I mean, we're also in the south where we're, everything's fried. We are fried. in the Bible Belt. Yeah, we are in the Bible Belt. Everything's fried. I will say though with the whole like there's a few options throughout the city, um but you are right. It's not the most diverse food city. Yeah. By any means. There's you have a, a lot of options of the same kind of stuff. Right. There's like, there's a Vietnamese shop. There's an Indian place. There's a Korean deli. There's like 10 taco trucks. There's like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of bar and grills. Yeah. Like a lot of delis. But yeah. Yeah. Once you start whittling through those, it's just like, you know, your traditional fast food places. Yeah. After that. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of just like getting that, um, you know, broad range of food and stuff like that. Because to me, that tells you what the city's like. Well, yeah. But, once you have a diverse culture, yeah, it yeah. becomes a melting pot of food. Food is like an indicator of how much of a melting pot your city is. Because you know that restaurant's not going to survive if people who like that kind of food aren't there. Right. So yeah. <laughs> that's how I feel about like um, just the energy of a city and like how – how fast is that city going to grow? Is and, it food? Yeah. I that makes mean, sense. And to me, that's, I mean, look at Memphis. Like, that makes they don't have good. that broad, you know, right? Yeah, you yeah. said you might see one Indian restaurant, one Thai, one, yeah, yeah. Um, 
we've got Bahama Breeze and Cordova, stuff like that. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> I forgot Bahama Breeze yeah. is still up. They've been around forever. I've never. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. The one on the corner like of like yeah. Germantown. Yeah, they've been around forever. I've just never tenured them. Because <laughs> it seems like more of a. Like, it feels chainy to me. Yes. It feels real chain. I don't know. Is it a chain or is it? I actually don't know. I don't know if there's more than one. <laughs> Screen man, Google that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, just showing that uh, that culture in the city is going to predict how fast it's going to grow and, and all the stuff you're going to be able to have. Like, they're not having a music business association in Memphis. Well, so that's interesting. Um, that company I mentioned earlier by the name of the Digilog, um, so they're a... T- they're like, they exist in the space between tech, music, and community building, right? Okay. And so a lot of their goal is to, you know, connect the music industry through social media, through community building, all those good kind of things. And so they have curators all across the country. They have LA curators, they have New York City curators, they have a Miami curator, Nashville curators, um, just major central music cities, right? And so with that being said... Um, I would be, it would be, I'd be remiss to say I wouldn't want them to have like a Memphis um, curator. Um, and then, like, with that door being open, maybe, you know, events like that would, you know, be open to the city more so. Um, if you have someone in their ear going, hey, 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 let's do something in Memphis. Let's, because there's a thriving, I wouldn't say there's a thrive, well, no, yes, there is a thriving music scene here. Um, and it's scattered, it's not yeah. infrastructure. There's a lot of different pieces. Um, this side of town doesn't, you know, they don't connect over here. The And there's just a lot of segmentation and segregation amongst everybody. And I feel like if there was um, even just a group or a group of people or just like a collective of people from different groups um, just kind of working together to connect everybody, it would be for the greater good of the city. Um, so if I might just send this clip to the Digilog themselves. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, if you're, if I'm going to send this clip to somebody at the Digilog, please look into like getting a Digilog Memphis branch. We would love it. There's a lot of people in music here. Um, and we just want to like help the city grow as a whole. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like for real, those communities and, and associations that can basically like put things in place. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what, People who are, whether you're, you know, young, like son person who's like 17 or you're, you know, in your 30s and 40s and mm-hmm. you used to make music with Project Pat. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you need like organizations that are going to help. Just like, connect music. those dots. Yeah. Connect the dots and, and just keep the ball rolling. Yeah. And then to double back on like, I think this was the first topic we talked about, but that whole um, idea in the 60s that we were all like macho man i gotta get it for myself some of that energy still is existent in memphis Mm. um everybody's so like it's me or nobody else or it's it's so cutthroat and like which it is we live in a impoverished city as a whole so like we're fighting for scraps of bread for the most part but i mean like to an extent we can share each other's scraps of breads and put together a whole loaf yeah yeah excuse my lame analogy (laughs) i mean i i agree with it because a lot of times people they get in that mode where it's like oh i've i've got to do my own thing right show everybody that i did it by myself i'm him like no one else can compare and it's like nah bro like we don't have to do that exactly and that's that's something that like when you're in the music business and you're like talking to people like that who are have that kind of attitude you're just like you pick up on it it's very easy to pick up on yeah it's like it's so easy to pick up on and it's easy to pick up on when like someone's doing anything with ulterior motive or like any reason behind it um 
it's not the hardest thing in the world to die. I mean, like pick up, you know? Yeah. And, and those kind of people are just not going to have the attitude you want to work with. And then I tell people all the time, if anything, be nice and or kind, because at the end of the day, pe- people are going to remember you. They're going to be like, oh, oh, that was a cool dude. Cool dude. And, and it might be just that. You yeah. Know? That's- and the fact that they'll just like welcome you, you know, back to, you know, whatever right. occasion or something like that, you're going to get your foot in the door just by mm-hmm. being nice and or kind. <laughs> it's, it's the bare minimum. And then like, if on top of that, you, you know, have traction in whatever field you're in or whatever the case may be, then, you know, doors just continue to open. But at the bare minimum, just be a cool, nice person and things will go your way more than yeah. likely. So when you are working with, um, you know, whatever artists, mm-hmm. is there a certain amount of like, I'm, I'm thinking about you saying bare minimum. Like, is there a certain amount, like an information or something that you believe that they need for you to start working with them? Like if a, if a new guy came to you and he was like, I don't know anything about music, but I want to do music. Or do you need like, all right, I need somebody who's this um, far along. Um, well to be, I feel like it would be a bit egotistic for me to say, Hey, you have to be X, Y, and Z because I'm only, a year into this thing, right? I started doing artist management when I was like officially like I was 20, maybe 21. I was 21. I was 21. I'm 22 now. It's been literally a year, right? Um, but with that being said, uh there's I don't know who said it or where I got it from, but you don't need you don't need a manager until there's something to manage. Mm. Right? So like, yes, if an artist were to come up, I mean, it happens all the time. People follow me on Instagram. They'll send me music in my phone uh, to my DMs or whatever the case may be. But it's like, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. So you pitching yourself to me doesn't help you nor me. Um, with that being said, um, that's why a lot of my platform is geared around, you know, artist education about the music business. Um, just because if I can't, I can't manage you. I can't manage every artist in the world, right? That's just not plausible, nor does every artist in the world need to be managed. But if you can go to my Instagram or if you can go to a TikTok or go to a YouTube video, you know, coming shortly, provided I make these videos, (laughs) um, you can find a source of information where, you know, it may not be like, I'm not an industry vet, but I'm going to give it to you how I feel is, you know, just truthful and genuine. And it may be uh, a remedy to not having a traditional manager, mm. right? You can go watch a YouTube video from, or a TikTok from this kid who just wants you to see you win. But I don't know. That's how I look at it, at least. But yeah, I mean, not to ramble on, but definitely you don't need to be managed if there's nothing to manage. I guess that's my answer. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great way to look at it. And some people don't think about it that way. They think a lot of people think that like, the manager is like the, okay, you're going to run my life for me and I just don't have to do anything. Yeah, no. Um, I tell the artists I work with this often, you're the engine. Like, you make this whole thing work. Like, I just come in and fill in the pieces like a jigsaw puzzle, right? Mm. So, like, if you can't do X, Y, and Z, I'll come do Z, right? Mm. But you still got to do X and Y. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or, like, if you're not pushing me, it's like a coach and a basketball player, right? Like, mm. the coach can't want it more than the player does. Yeah. Like, the coach can yell and scream and give you all the strategy in the world, but if you can't go out there and execute, or if you don't have the hustle to go dive on the floor for some, for the, for a loose ball, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And it's, it's pretty sad, I think, in the industry, because a lot of, a lot of artists don't really understand, like, the whole concept of the business or they just no. don't understand them as a brand. Like you're that a brand. Too. Yeah. You're, you're a brand and a business. Um, 
And to be fair, branding is a tricky subject for a lot of people. Like branding isn't something that just comes naturally to a lot of people. I do feel like you do have to do a bit of homework and, you know, study about like the subconscious elements of branding or just the visual elements or just um, all kinds of, you know, small niches that go into branding. There's a reason why it's like such a studied subject. Um, But yeah, I, I do feel as if a lot of artists are just like, unbranded and it's like or if they are branded it's like the things they do like detriment their brand equity like for example the artists who um and this isn't to rag on anyone who's promoting their music but the guy who will promote his music 20 times in one day and none of the content is like substantial Mm. right so now what you're doing is i've seen this piece of content i'm a follower let's imagine i'm a follower so i've seen this piece of content from you 20 times today the music is subpar or whatever the case may be. And now I'm like just jaded to looking at you because you just put this in my face 20 times. I'm annoyed. And now I just don't want anything to do with you. That's like if Coke put out, you know, a terrible product every day and just shoved it in your face as opposed to, you know, you know, their high end subliminal marketing or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I think a lot of artists don't really understand like, you know, how to make, that happen how to make that marketing idea you know fit you know them yeah yeah. who they are as a person it's a hard thing don't get it twisted it's like that's not something that comes naturally um and trial and error is the best way to go about it so to the guy i just ragged on for 20 posts keep doing what you're doing but just continue to learn from what you're doing as well yeah and that whole um i guess recalling like what what you're doing like, right don't, don't just do stuff and then be like oh that didn't work i don't know why yeah, like, yeah no, like <laughs> look over so, it. yeah i mean that that's another thing it's just like doing what you do and like breaking it apart into a million pieces and being like this worked this didn't work this worked blah 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 blah, blah. like um before we even got on air you mentioned my last piece of content i put out it was a three minute video on spotify editorials and some of the data associated with them great video i think this content writing was cool but first thing i said to him was the lighting was terrible um atrocious lighting on my part and if content at least in the short form era gonna work it's gonna be has to be really well lit and white and grab your eye the second it comes on the screen so like just like things like that like don't be afraid to pick apart yourself if that makes sense yeah i mean we do live in a world where everybody's criticizing everybody and all that kind of stuff but at the same time i got the point of your video you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i didn't need some some people are really picky and they need that big attention grabber right I'm the type of person like I was like, oh, that's that that's that guy I met in Nashville. I wonder what he's got to say. You know, I'm I'm genuinely right. interested right, right, right. in that kind of stuff. So Yeah. I thank you for that first. But <laughs> thank you for that. But I do feel as if like when you're aiming to reach um like at least when I create something, um, I'm aiming to reach the largest group of people I can, right? So like I don't know, it it reached you, so then I know the content itself and the writing of the script and the editing worked, but then like it's just breaking apart what works and work what doesn't to me. I yeah. think that's a big thing for me. Every time I put anything out, just really studying what worked and why it didn't work or what you know what I mean, going from there. Yeah, I am a huge person when it comes to like I feel like I'm an anomaly. Like I try mm-hmm. to because you know when they say like I guess just everybody or most people. Right. Who's most people and who's everybody? I, and I always feel like I'm an anomaly when it comes to anything mm-hmm. statistically wise. But so I'm the type of person where if I've got a friend that puts out music, like I'll, I'll just buy their music. Yeah. And 
not a lot of people just do that. They just buy music. No, and they don't. I feel like sometimes it can be really hard to track that kind of stuff. So is there anything that you begin to track like you did the Spotify stuff? So that is, you know, recorded by Spotify, but I think the average person could figure out that kind of stuff if they were really interested in the information of like why things are happening the way they are. Right. So if you've got something like TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, you, you post something and it could either get six views or six million views. Right, right. What are the kind of like anomalies that you kind of look out for or you just dive into whatever? So I'm new to TikTok. Um, I'm like four or five TikToks in. Okay. Quite honestly. Um, so I'm not like Mr. TikTok expert, but with anything, I'm sure you can like, and TikTok's a different beast cause you know, virality just picks up randomly. But I mean, I think living or not living by it, but like, you know, working with the idea of I can it, just like being intrinsically, um, critical. So like, I know I can improve my video making. I know I can improve my script writing. I know I can improve my actual production quality. I know I can improve my distribution. I know I can improve the thumbnail. Like just taking the things you can control and then just continuing to improve upon those as much as you can and then leaving the things like virality or just algorithmic, you know, how many people you get in front of just out of your hand and just Mm. continue to create. Um, Because at the end of the day, like what good does it do me to be like, damn, I made this three minute video, took me, you know, eight hours to edit, whatever the case (laughs) may be like. Quite honestly, I probably spent eight hours total on like a three minute video, right? Um, I could sit here and like just be real emo about it. Like, damn, I put eight hours into this video, 500 views. Yeah. Or I could be like, okay, cool. I put my eight hours in. I got that practice in video making and production and X, Y, and Z. Next time I'm going to make it better and let's see what happens again. And then again and again and again, because like, it's like the idea, like, I don't know. I always feel like my next work is should be my best work. Mm. So... I'm not really, I don't know. I, just, I don't really try to pay attention to the like statistical anomalies or how can I go viral. I just like focus on, you know, what I can do and then let it go from there. Do you ever try to get out of your realm of, of whatever your normal is? Like every you, day. Yeah. You just sitting in a chair or something or you outside or, you, yeah, no, every you know, every day. Um, even today I was writing a new script for a video and this time I may go more animated. Right. So like mm. I'll probably, uh, do a lot of, I'll, I may, I'm going to have to teach myself how to do it. Of course. <laughs> like I have no idea on how to animate right now, but give me like two months. Um, but you know, I'm, it's going to be more animated and more comical and satire in nature. Or I'll do one video where it'll be literally just a head. Sh- like I have this idea um, for a TikTok series called "All You Need." It's literally just going to be all you need to know about the music business, and then it's just going to be short form TikToks, right? Like you know the traditional short form TikToks. Mm-hmm. It'll probably just be me in a headshot, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to me in a chair. Or I'll have. I genuinely love music and I don't get to talk about it enough just because of how busy I am, but I want to do like a playlist curation series where it's like, I text you like, Hey, can you send me a meme in three songs? That'll mm. be the whole series. And you know, just getting people's taste play. And that'll be with like people who are in the industry or working with the industry or just media personalities in a whole. So like, for example, someone like, 
and I don't have this connection, obviously, but, you know, theoretically, let's say I do, I would text Charlemagne and be like, hey, Charlemagne, send me a meme in three songs that correspond with the meme. And that would be it. You know what I'm saying? You get a meme in three songs from Charlemagne. Mm. Um, so I'm not scared by any means to just try different things because what's the harm in trying it? Yeah. Um, I will say the execution and, you know, actually making it of a pristine quality can be hard when you're just bouncing around. Um, but I'm 22. I'll figure it out as I go. I'm not in a rush to grow overnight. Yeah. That, that was something that, um, and I think it was a professor that I had on the podcast one time. He was like, um, he said, I'm, I'm running out of, what did he say? He said, oh, I don't have enough time to be wrong. And I was like, that's a good way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah. Like- Cause we were talking about the difference between like older people making decisions and younger people making decisions. And he was like, yeah, young people can make all the dumb decisions they want or like reckless decisions mm-hmm. they want. Cause they're young. Right. But when you're older, it's like, Hey, let's, get, to- let's get to the point. <laughs> that is interesting. When you said it just a second ago, I interpreted it completely different. I was like, in my head, he said, what was the quote again? He said, I'm too old to be wronger. Uh, um, God, yeah, we're both scatterbrained. <laughs> um, I'm getting too old to be wrong. Anyway, the way I interpreted that in my head was like, he just doesn't look at being wrong as a thing. Like, Oh, I don't have enough time to be wrong. I don't have enough time to be wrong. See, the way I interpreted that in my head when you said it was literally me just like, oh, he doesn't believe in being wrong. So like, <laughs> like, so the K and not like in a like toxic way, but like, let's say he does something instead of like going, oh, I was wrong or I was like, it was bad. He just... I learned from it. I moved on. Yeah. Like, I'm not beating myself up. Yeah, yeah. Is where I took that. Oh, okay. Um, because at least that's how I approach a lot of things. Like, if I do something and it doesn't work, cool. You know, learn what you can from it and let's move on to the next thing. Uh, like, there's no point. I don't have time to sit here and wallow in being wrong. Yeah. that That's how I am. Like, yeah. when, if I've messed up and I've done something, I'm just like, all right. What, how do I correct this? It is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's already happened. I can't change it. Now, what's, you know, where yeah, do I like, move on from here? I can't undo that text I sent you at 3 a.m. <laughs> I like it is, it's in your phone. It delivered. I saw you read it. You didn't text <laughs> me back, but it's whatever, I guess. And, and you're done from there. <laughs> you are done from there. <laughs> I'll just text you next week. <laughs> so, when you are thinking about all these things for, for how to put together like the, like a brand or, or, a market for this artist right is it difficult to get that to the like to get that through to the artist oh my god yes <laughs> so difficult i have an artist and i love him to death i love him like a brother at this point but I'm, i won't disclose his name but yo he's the most stubborn hard-headed dude in the world and he has this vision of how he wants to approach things and i'm like that's cool i get it at all and it creatively it works like mm-hmm. i get it from a create because like I'm, I'm also a creative so i get it where you're coming from from an artist's perspective like i'm not strictly just mr manager marketer like numbers guy like i get it i get it from a creative standpoint but from like a manager's perspective i'm like yo you are shooting yourself in the foot every time and so there's a lot of like back and forth and just like constant arguing but um it, yeah, to answer the question, it, there's a lot of things I'm like, yo, we need to get this through this kid's head, but it's just not going. But I mean, that's a part of the battle, I feel like, especially as an early stage manager. I don't have the luxury of going, um, 
nah, I'm just not going to work with you. Like, I'm going to go over here. And I don't have that yeah. clout. I don't have the power of someone who's done this for 10 years to be, like, really picky and be like, you know what? You're not doing what I say. I don't like your approach. I'm just going to jump ship and go over here to this other super talented kid where I have all the resources in the world to put him on. Like, I don't have these resources, so I have to choose the... Pro- I use the word products loosely because they're humans, of course, but I have to choose the products that I work with very carefully Mm. and be like, okay, there's a lot of scalability here. Um, I'm going to stick to this and see where it goes. Yeah. That's, it's a difficult thing to try to explain to somebody like, this is how I think you'll be successful because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, I know how to be successful, (laughs) especially artists. Okay. Well, and it comes with, um, work finding personalities and people, well, cause artists are people at the end of the day. So it's like finding people and personalities that are, are like, they have an ego, right? Cause we all have egos. And honestly, I'm learning that the more you tap into your ego, the more you're, the better off you are as Mm. contradictory as that sounds like keep your humility and understand that you're just a regular person. But like, you can't be your super confident self and like, you know, extrude that energy if you don't have an ego, right? Mm. Um, but it's about finding like-minded people in that same sense, like, hey, I'm super confident. I know this is what I want to do, but I'm also understanding that like, I'm also just a person. I make mistakes. I, I'm going to be wrong. And so it's just finding those, you know, just finding people who like think like that, I guess, or is one of the big things for me at least. Um is son the type of person who he seems like he he seems pretty smart so i don't know was he um was he uninformed and then you've helped him get informed or has he learned self-taught um he's super like i'm gonna teach myself everything i can and if i can't teach myself um i'm gonna find someone who can teach me Mm. and that's the same mentality i have and i feel like that's the same mentality a lot of young um i guess digital entrepreneurs Um, my age have is like i understand i don't have all the answers um but i'm gonna do my best to find them or find you know semblances of them or breadcrumbs of answers Mm. and then surround myself with people who do have those answers um so in his case he before i even met him like he knew what he was doing to an extent and he still is very calculated so with my relationship with him it's a lot of just coming in and refining the puzzle Mm. uh, at the moment and then i'm sure as we get bigger and bigger and grow into what we're doing there's going to be things that i don't know or and there's going to be things that he don't he doesn't know as you know the scale of the operation grows but at this current moment um i feel like he's very well informed but even this morning he called he'll call me randomly throughout the day and just ask me questions so it's not like you know he's mr like know-it-all either Mm. Um, to answer that question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good for people to have that info and then also good for them to know that there's a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more out there. Cause I think a lot of times people get to a certain point where, so let's just say he is the best artist that's right, right. in his um, age range or demo or whatever yeah. the case may be. If he feels like he knows more than most people, then that is now true to him. And then he feels yeah, he yeah. might feel superior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your perceptions are your reality. Yeah. Um that's a that is a really slippery slope. It's like you can be confident, bro, but just don't be like Mr. Like, I'm better than the whole world. Yeah. Like Nah, I don't he he's not that though. Um and I'd check him if he was like, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, and I mean, I've surrounded myself with people who will check me. Like, um, I have a friend who every time I say a sentence, he'll just say, I feel it, but I don't feel it. 
And so, you know, it's just a way of prodding you and being like, okay, you're saying this, but do you really like firmly mm. believe what you're saying? Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to have to, you know what I mean? You're going to have to show me. So, um, what, so what are some things that you felt like uh, make make a good artist? Like this person knows what they're doing. They can be a good artist. Sonically, businessly, what 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 criteria are we talking? Whatever you anything, want to yeah. Man, um, I feel weird answering that question because <laughs> I'm not by any means have I broken an artist. Um, so, but still, I mean, you you like music? Yeah, so yeah. That's, um, from that's still I, a I'll go from a consumer's perspective, I guess more so. Um, a unique sound, of course. That's a cliche answer, but um, a unique sound, um, the ability to keep the audience guessing. Um, well, I guess some artists do the same thing over and over, and it works for them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's a that that question is age old, but I don't think there's a formula anymore. Yeah. Like we exist in a world where literally anything can work. Yeah. Right. You can whatever you can dream of. It could. It could, like for example, two years ago, I didn't even work in the music industry or had knew anyone in the music industry. And now I have, you know, I have like certain people's numbers in my phone that I'm like, oh my God, this dude is like, this dude does crazy things, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you can dream up anything. So I don't want to necessarily say there's like one formula for an artist being great. Um, but for me, the artists I like, and the ones I'll like enjoy working with, or just think have like more potential are going to be the artists who understand, um, more so the business aspect of it all, understanding like your brand and you're not just like a regular person. Um, uh, but then again, there's also artists who move like regular schmegular people and that mm. works for them. So, you know, I can go on like a list and contradict myself all day, I think, <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's certain things that you feel like a person has got to have, and then someone else comes and shows you like, nah, yeah, I just broke the mold. <laughs> you know what I mean? So absolutely, I don't even want to box artistry in like that. I think we do exist in a world where you can get away with doing anything. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of. I, it's easier to list the things that like you can't do. Mm. So like you can't be. <sighs> No, I think you can literally do anything. Like if you, <laughs> if you, I think if the right people are behind you and you come up with, and you approach something the right way, there's a market because we exist in a world of marketing to the smallest possible audience. You right? can create a market for anything. You can create a market for anything if you do it right. So I don't even want to say like you know what I mean. The only thing I can say is like just if you have a bad product, like at the end of the day, like and product as a market brand, all that, like not just sonically, but. I guess the only thing I would really say is like if you have a mediocre product, it probably wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. But outside of that, like if you have a good product, bro, you can literally go anywhere with it if you, you know, if luck falls your way too. I don't want to sit here and act like everyone can do everything. Like a lot of luck falls into this and knowing the right people and being in the right place at the right time. So, but if, you know, if the odds are in your favor, I don't, I don't see why you couldn't do anything. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great thing to have. It's great problem to have is where uh in the beauty of america you can do what you want and people are getting creative they're doing some much different things as as an artist um i feel like with this going forward it's going to open doors for people that in genres that we never seen before right freaking sun and um blue. jay yeah, yeah blue, blue jay Shout out Blue Jay. Blue Jay, crazy. <laughs> they were showing me uh, what Hyperpop was. I'd never, never heard of Hyperpop until Man, they showed I it I love Hyperpop. I'm going to be honest. I love, love, love Hyperpop. You know what's funny about Hyperpop is it's like so 
it's um it's not even my, i'm young i'm super young i'm 22 but it's like my generation isn't even like fully engrossed in hyper pop like mm. the 17 year olds and the the 14 to 18 year olds are like that's like their shit oh um, okay uh, from my understanding of, I just enjoy hyperpop because I've been put onto it. But like, it's not super prominent even amongst okay. like my age group. From my understanding, at least. Honestly, to me, it sounds like old music, like just, old, like yeah. the first electronic type music. That, but just like on steroids. And it's so, and a lot of it, um, not to like disenfranchise a lot of the kids who are making it. It's like a lot of it is just bedroom music. Like mm. there's kids who have all these crazy influences. They load up FL Studio, find a plugin that works for them, and they just <laughs> click clack all night till they find something, yep. and then they walk out with a product. And yeah. it's like I don't know. It's very interesting, and a lot of it tends to be some of the most genuine forms of expression because they're not sitting here thinking like. I mean, they may be. Let me not do that. But like, they're not like so stressed out over like, is this record going to be a hit or blah blah blah. It's just like they're going in there, they're creating something, and they walk out. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing, and I love it. Like, I love, um, you know, just being around younger people who uh, have this much different perspective of what's going on. Like, I could be like, oh man, you know. Drake's running the game right now, you know, Meek Mill's in there too. And then I hang out with somebody who's like 18. And they're like, yo, shut up yeah. about Drake. Like, like, who cares about Drake, bro? They could be thinking about somebody else right. is, is running the game. And we could be living in the same city. There's so many different aspects. There's, are you in the same city as that person? Yes or no. Uh, are you in the same age group? You know, what events are you going to? And these can change what people think is the hot thing right it just, now. And it gets deeper and deeper. And it's like, what socioeconomic background are for you? Um, what's yeah. your familial structure like? What religions do your family practice? Like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many, um, so, so many, like, uh, I guess, demographics and, like, just characteristics of people that can shift their opinions on things and what they like to consume. And then that just goes back into our earlier conversation of, like, there's so, 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 so many niche markets, right? So, like... You know, some kid who's really into a niche hyper pop market 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 <laughs> will be like, nah, like I think Can Can is the greatest thing on earth. Don't ever talk to me about Drake again, and you don't even know who Can Can is. Who is Can Can? Can Can is a uh, artist. He's blowing up. I don't know what his numbers and stuff look like, but he falls into that like hyper pop kind oh, okay. of space. Um, but yeah, it was like some people on the internet like proclaim him to be like the greatest thing ever. That's so crazy. And like you don't even know who dude yeah. is. And like that's just how it works. You know what I mean? Shoot, I remember when somebody told me about um what's that dude's name? PewDiePie. I didn't even know who that was. That's funny. That's and, so funny to me. And he I was, was like watching, the biggest YouTuber. I was watching PewDiePie when he had like a hundred thousand subscribers. But I was also the generation that like YouTube first hit. Like mm. YouTube came out oh seven. I was on YouTube when I was eight years, like seven years old, eight years uh, old, watching like the first consuming. Yeah, like child. I was the I was the lab rat for YouTube. <laughs> um, so that's very interesting that you say that. I, I was having a conversation um, some with someone else earlier, and she runs a management company out here in Memphis called the Song Shack. Um, but we were, me and her, were having a conversation, and she was like, "Yeah, I had to teach myself Excel spreadsheets or something of that nature." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like I was. <laughs> I was eight years old and I knew how to run an office suite. You know what I mean? Like, what are we what are we talking about right now? Yeah, I mean, people have those different types of skills, and it's just like, what's going on? Because like, so you seem like you're good at like multiple different things. Mm -hmm. 
do you find it weird when somebody else can't grab something? You're like, what are you, what are you talking about? You don't. No, know I do don't. This. I don't want to say that. I don't ever like shame anyone for um, necessarily not being so adaptable. Um, but in the back of my mind, I. That's weird. I don't want to like. Nah, I don't think that because it's like because then it's like it's a slippery slope, and now you're being judgmental and mean. And it's <laughs> like that's not me as a person. Like you, I want to like be yourself, bro. Like yeah. if you're not good at doing ten different things, perfectly cool. Like we, that's whatever. Um, I will say though, like I do find that I have like this natural affinity to teach myself things or mm. learn from others, right? So like even when I walked in this room, um, I was just staring at all. Like I even asked you about your equipment over yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, like I just started asking questions about equipment. So like now that I've walked in this room, and funny as this may sound, like I now have like a deeper understanding of how to do a podcast. <laughs> like it, it's silly in nature, but like. I genuinely like have this belief that like I can look at something, study it, ask a couple questions, and I can go do it myself. Mm. Um, have you watched Naruto? No, you haven't. Okay, um, there's this character in Naruto, and well, there's a lot of characters in Naruto <laughs> that have, but they have this ability. They have this special eye called the Sharingan. Okay, and so what like the base level of the Sharingan does for these people is they're able to read movements and like analyze those movements and then once as they like are watching them they can now like mimic him and do them themselves mm. so like in naruto there's like you can cast like it's called ninjutsu so you can cast like special spells and all kinds of crazy things and there's this one character his name is kakashi and like he his name is kakashi of the sharingan and he's literally called the copycat ninja because he just looks at people he's like oh that's cool i see what you're doing over there here i'm just gonna and do, it. Can do it yeah, i'm gonna do it too and I've told that to like many people. Like, there's this one guy I met. He runs a cool Discord server and he does Twitch streams. His name is Kayvon. He's the artist um, relation direct artist relations director at Genius. And I like straight up told him, I was like, bro, what you do with your Discord is super cool, and what you do with your Twitch streams is super cool. If I ever like find the time or like have the passion for Twitch streaming or Discord or building like a Discord community, I'm literally just gonna go to your Discord community, look at what you did, and like just follow your model. And, like, I have no shame in telling people, like, yo, I, I see what's working for you. I'm just going to bits and pieces of it. Yeah. You know? That's that's how I am. I say, if you ain't stealing, you ain't trying. Great art. <laughs> you know, great artists. Great artists borrow. I won't say steal, but great artists borrow. There's this um, anecdote I heard from David Bowie. It was about David Bowie, right? Um, so what David Bowie would do for his creative process is he would take um, – like a bunch of song lyrics from X artists. And then he would take a bunch of paintings from X artists and then he would take, you know, whatever. He would just find a bunch of different material that inspires them and then throw them up in one board. And so now we would have one piece from here, one piece from here, one piece from here, one piece mm. from here. And then he would just merge them to create his new, like his own entity. Yeah. And like, I heard that a couple weeks ago, but at the, I feel like I've been doing that naturally forever. Like I'll just like, like I'll do okay. I like how you do this. 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 I'm gonna take all four of those elements, put them together in my own unique way, and now I have a product instead of like having to like teach myself from the ground up. I'm just yeah. gonna take the examples that exist, and you know, you know, make them work for me. Yeah, I I tell people all the time like, just take something that's already there and make it your own. Right. Like, don't completely copy people and don't try to, like... Completely reinvent the wheel. Yeah, reinvent the wheel and create this thing that isn't developed. There's stuff that's already developed and, right. just, and just take it and roll with it. That's, yeah. I'll say I'll disagree with you on the um, don't make stuff that that isn't developed. I think, especially with, like, young kids, like, son, like, he 
is like he, I don't know what he was doing one day or he played something and I was like yo what is this but then I had to step back and I was like you know what nah like let this be like something that isn't naturally in the marketplace yet let him be the like you know mm. let him be the first and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but <laughs> you know what I'm saying you tried like experiment yeah just experiment with like crazy different ideas yeah it's it's a great thing to to do that sometimes because I th- I think when you are trying to get into the game, you need to have an identity. Like right. that, that's going to set you off. Yeah, yeah. Have this identity, but once you've gotten that identity, you have the room to experiment. Yeah, like and I, I think that's how Post Malone was. I was just watching some stuff on mm-hmm. him earlier, but like he wh- did do the whole. You know, okay, and I have no hate against Post Malone, but a lot of his early work was very cultural appropriative. Yes, <laughs> very very culturally appropriative. Um grills and braids and rapping about alan iverson um it worked for him but was kind of i don't know if it was just he grew up or because he i think he's i'm 29 i think he's he might be early 30s or late 20s he's he's in that yeah so maybe he was just young and doing things Yeah. yeah just thought he was doing what he wanted to do and he's changed or you know some people just change well and this is an interesting topic to stumble into, but a lot of people who may be behaving in culturally appropriative manners don't always see it as that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? They're just, I'm just doing, you know, X, Y, and Z because I like X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when Kim Kardashian had box braids in her hair, her reason L was, I just wanted box braids. <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't some deep thing, but yeah. you know, to the cultures or to the like, where these things come from, like they're significant to people. Like anyway, let me not get too deep into that because <laughs> I'll go off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everybody has a certain thing that they like to do right. and people uh, change a lot. I was actually listening to, um, have you ever heard of Bobby Osinski's podcast? Bobby no. he's, he's got a great podcast for Put the music on. business. And then um, there's also um, shoot. What's that other podcast? Oh, it's How I Built This. Okay. And uh, that's by NPR. But basically, they just take famous people who run businesses like, um, or you had to have started the business. Mm-hmm. So you had to, they had on the guy who owns um, Home Depot. Okay. He, like, he started that company. Right. So um, they basically just asked them questions about their life and, you know, how they got to where they are now. And I was listening to one they had on with um i think it oh it was the manager for lady gaga okay and um at, they reached a point to where they felt like they had her where they needed her and she ended up wanting to to break off from her management okay and i heard something about it and they were talking about what was it i think it was just like did you oh did you notice the change in Lady Gaga's like, right. her, her wardrobe, her music, like all that stuff from when she was with that management until, you know, the point she is now. And I was like, you know, I never thought about it cuz she, you know, she used to be very flamboyant right, and right. all this and stuff. And it was a bit calmer. Now she's a lot different. She's a bit more Hollywood. Yeah. That makes significant sense. Um that is an interesting thing. So you think the management was pushing that more radical decision making i don't know i don't know if it was they thought you know she would be best off this way or if it was they were just 
letting her do that. Mm-hmm. You know, she, they were letting her do what she wanted to do, and now she feels she needs to change. Right, well, I mean, right. she she is older again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this age thing is changing that, people, but that is super interesting. Um, if I mean, there is once you're in that Hollywood space and playing the game of like pop superstar, it's a whole different. Well, she game. did that movie with Bradley Cooper, right? And well, even before I was referring, like even when she was just a huge pop star, right? Yeah. Like when you're in that space, it's like it's a whole different world, right? Yeah. You're not you're gonna do you're doing everything for numbers more yeah. or less. Like it's a numbers <laughs> game. Yeah. You're, you're you're you know what I'm saying you're competing for attention. You're, you're doing everything for numbers. So there could be a world where like those managers or the people behind her were like, Gaga, dude, where the meat dress? Yeah, Gaga, where the meat <laughs> the, dress? The meat dress. Where the meat dress, Gaga? <laughs> um, and she probably you know maybe she got older and she like was like, you know, this is toxic. I'm not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're pushing me to do things that I don't want to do yeah. at all. And I mean, that doubles back to our conversation where you're like, do you have artists you work with and you have to like argue with them to get certain things through their head? And it's like, yes, but then like in the case of like, I would never want to be in the case of like, um, like a guy, like that situation you just mentioned where it's like, where it's hypothetically they're pushing them to do X, Y, and Z or they're forcing them to do something. It's like, I kind of approach this whole thing with like, have you watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. I approach this whole thing with like a Tyrion Lannister kind of um, Mm. energy about it. And it's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, um, but I'm going to strongly, I'm going to give you options and I'm going to strongly advise for certain options over the others. Yeah. You do what you want to do, but this is what I recommend. Yeah. Um, Because then I feel like it gets real toxic and it's like, oh, Viraj is like being an asshole again and he's forcing me to do this, this, then the third. And it's like, you know, I mean, I don't want to, there, because these, I think a lot of managers in this industry look as artists as products, mm-hmm. and while yes, they are products, I also want to keep the humanity of it all. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, I mean, it's it's a slippery slope, yeah. but at the end of the day, like sometimes people just need that guidance. They just need somebody, like someone to, to be like, nah, shut up and do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, people just need that other person on the shoulder. Right. It, it I does, feel it. It doesn't matter if. Uh, what what the decision could be, you know, mm-hmm. what they're wearing, you know, the type of music that they end up dropping or brand partnerships, whatever it is. Some people just need another person to help them make decisions. That's fair. That is very fair. I think that is, and I think that's the case with a lot of high level managers, um, especially once you get more experience in this and it's going to be, because, you know, I don't have a lot of experience, so I'm not going to be so hard set on like, this is what we have to do. Like, I know this is what's going to happen if we do. But I'm sure like in the case of Gaga, maybe she had a more experienced manager and they were like, nah, we know what to do. And Mm. this is what you need to do. Yeah. So I'm sure that can also come with experience. Yeah. To me, it it can be a good thing for people to, you know, make these changes and do different stuff. Uh, We've seen multiple artists get dang near crucified for doing different kind of music. Uh, the most notorious one to me is Lil Wayne's Rebirth. He had all this rap music and then came out with a rock album. And you know what's funny? Rebirth is loved by my generation. Really? We love Rebirth. Oh, I mean, let me not say we as a whole, but we like the genre of rock rap is huge now. And I'm pretty sure Rebirth is a huge, 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 huge part of that. Shoot, it, it, it might be able to, like we have these, um, what do you call them? It's just like your catalog, your legacy, like a legacy catalog where this older music that people are getting introduced to, Mm -hmm. they're like, what is this? So uh, have you seen uh, Ozarks? Yep. 
So the not spoiling any of this, but the on the last episode or the the next to last and some of the last episodes, um, or I think it's just this whole season. But anyways, Ruth is listening to a lot of Nas. Right, she's but she's always been like a big yeah rap head, right? Throughout it, the course of the show, but it's just like I was trying to explain this to my wife in the whole the business of making money in music, mm-hmm. like that the music that she's playing in that came out in the early nineties, right? So that's crazy to think like thirty years later, Nas's music, still, yeah, he is, is still making impacting. this impact, yeah. yeah, yeah. To the point where it's getting sync license, even from like a meta standpoint, where it's getting sync licensed yeah. on this major Netflix TV show. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> even outside of like the realm of that character. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Yeah. That, that being able to um, get people to understand that as well, just like the whole, um, hey, make make music that can fit you know, a certain TV show, a certain movie, a commercial, a mm-hmm. brand, like something, because that's going to open up more doors for well, you. Well, and- yeah, literally. And that's the conversation, um, you know, when we started this and you asked what we did in Nashville, that was one of the, when we went to that first studio in the day and we discussed like being able to get your music licensed and synced in certain environments or making music for the purpose of selling it to synced agencies and, um, you know, just getting briefs and learning what a brief looks like and yeah. going from there, you know, and not being such a intrinsic creative expression and more so of creating a product for a company. Yeah. It's 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 really cool for people to uh, be educated, you know, mm-hmm. to know what they're doing because then you don't have to do all the thinking. Like mm-hmm. if your artist understands some stuff, he might be going out and seeking those kind of opportunities. And that's funny you say that. I tell Son and D. Alex this every time um, I get the opportunity to bring it back up to him. But I've said it a million times, and I'll say it to the camera now. There's more money in me teaching an artist how to build a million-dollar business than there is me building one for them. Mm. Because now that I know I can teach somebody, I have a formula for online courses, and the, and the future of education is not existent in the traditional college space. Thank you. Um, <laughs> granted, I, I just got my degree, like literally a month ago. So take that with a grain of salt, and I, I want to get a doctorate. But the future of education does not lie in the traditional systems. And so if I can, like I just said, if I can teach somebody how to build something, it is much, much more profitable than me being able to just build it for them. Absolutely. Because now I can teach this kid who knows absolutely nothing from zero and he doesn't even have the resources, but he's going to tune in and buy my course pack or buy books or whatever the case may be. And then just the doors that education opens up for you is significant. But Absolutely. Yeah. Education is very important. What are some things that um, you're looking forward to coming up? Um, like any kind of events or, or things that you're doing with your artists? Um, so we have Twin by D. Alexander is coming out this Friday. Um, great, 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 great R&B record of the year. Uh, Sun Person is going to be back next month. I don't want to give you guys an exact date, but we're going to be back with a song called Deuces featuring a guy named Jack Trillmore. Right it's going to be a great school. summer song. Um, but apart from that, uh, yeah, we're just working and building. Um, he's closing the door, so I'm running the show solo at the moment. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, and honestly, I don't, you know, what's funny with this whole journey we're on as a unit. Um, we have concrete goals, of course, like a big goal is like to go on an international tour or, you know, get a number one record, which is all cool and all. 
But honestly, we just wake up every day, do what we're supposed to do and see what falls in our lap or not falls in our laps, but see what you know comes to us. Those are great things to have is goals, you know, aspirations of wanting to accomplish, you know, whatever you want to do. Because sometimes like I talk to certain people and I'm just like, I can't even see it in their eyes. You know what I mean? Like I want to see that hunger in your eyes or that. I'm, you know, I'm about to get stuff done today, and some people they just don't have it. You know, I used to have that, or I mean, it'll come back maybe, but like, I don't have that so goal oriented mindset anymore. A lot of my mindset is like, I'm gonna work as hard as I can, um, create the most fulfilling life I can for myself, and just live with where the results are. Like, yeah. obviously, I mentioned before, like, I want to go on an international tour. I want to grab a number one. Like, those are cool, but I'm not sitting at home and, like, having, like, a daily goal or a monthly, like, yeah. I'm going to get 500 new followers today, and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, not to say there's anything wrong with that. Like, that works for a lot of people. Just for me and my own mental clarity, it just, I don't know, it, get, it, it doesn't benefit me in the way it benefits other people. So for me, it's a lot of more. It's a lot less about goals and just building the systems to do your best every day and seeing where it takes you. Because I'm much more journey oriented than I am like goal oriented. I find pleasure in like the process as opposed to the end result. Um, and not to even ramble on, but like even with this whole management, do you ever get like in music or just media and whole with people like, man, you're gonna make so much money in media or music? Or I hate that. Like I'm not in this for money. Like money is great. Money is what's gonna feed my children. Money is what's gonna build generational wealth and hopefully, you know, escape my family from like having to work a nine to five the rest of their lives. But like I don't do this because like I'm like I want to fucking make a million dollars off of it. Like you know what I mean? It's like I'm just doing this because. This is what I enjoy. This is what I want to do. And like, I want to compete in this sport at the highest level. It's less about the money and more about like an ego thing, I guess. And just want to be like the best I can be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great way to put it. It's, it's when you really are into the business and you truly believe on what you can provide to people, All right. the, the product of the artist, you are just happy with that. Like, yeah, you, you don't need like, everything else. I would have quit a long time ago if this was a money thing for me. Being <laughs> honest, like, bro, there's plenty, and and you probably get this too as an entrepreneur or just being in media and music. It's like there's plenty of nights where you're like pulling your hair out, like, yo, I want to give up. Like, there, I do not want to do this anymore. And then you wake up the next morning, and you get back to it. But like, if you're so just like money oriented, and I've been around people whose like whole thing for being in music was like the money and the lifestyle. And like they just don't have like a deep spiritual connection to it, and it's like you're gonna burn out probably. Mm-hmm. Like either you're, because like with the money thing, there's gonna be some kid who's hungrier than you for money somewhere, and they're gonna outwork you. So either you have to like, you either have to be hungrier than the person next to you, or you have to love it more than the person next to you. Facts. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's wrap this up. All right. Uh, go ahead and give everybody like your your info. Um. You can find me at Hey It's Viraj, H-E-Y-I-T-S-V-I-R-A-J on all platforms. On TikTok, there's an extra S, but by the time you type in Hey It's, I should pop up. Um, yeah, D-Alex, next, D-Alex, May 27th, Twin drops then. So if you're listening to this, please tune in. I would be greatly appreciated. You can find him at D-Alexander-I-G. Um, shout out Sun Person. He's at sun.person, so S-O-N dot person on Instagram. Uh, he'll be, he just dropped a single, Loved You More. That's sitting at 50, I believe we're sitting at 40,000 streams. Um, 
my numbers could be off and then uh, he'll be right back again about somewhere at the end of june so look out for that um apart from that thank you for having me this was a pleasure awesome yeah we'll have to chop it up some more because I, I love just bouncing ideas you seem very bright when it comes to music business so um yeah it's something that we got to do got to no be problem. around people who are progressing i am just a student <laughs> I, am, I am nobody special you know <laughs> i believe it all righty well uh thank you for everybody for tuning in see you next time